Happy New Year, everyone. I hope everybody out there had a wonderful holiday season and a very safe and happy New Year. Thank you so much for coming back and uh, kicking off 2018 with me tonight here on Next on the T. I'm your host, Chris Mascaro, and boy, we are going to kick off 2018 in very grand fashion. Tonight, I have the privilege of having two of the best caddies of all time joining me in Dennis Cohn and Russ Holden. I've had such a great time when both of these guys have been a part of the show with me. Dennis is just one of the finest individuals that you'll meet anywhere in any walk of life. He is the founder and CEO of the Professional Caddies Association. He was inducted into the Caddy Hall of Fame back in 2011. He's written a wonderful book, Think Like a Caddy, Play Like a Pro, which we'll talk about uh, in, in, uh, in just a few minutes when Dennis joins me here. So look forward to having Dennis back on the show with me. I think this is Dennis's fourth time. And like I say, each and every time, it's just been fantastic. Following him, I'm going to get a return visit from Russ Holden. Russ is the founder of Caddy for a Cure, which you hear me talking about you know, every week here on the show. And you'll hear me do it again here in just a few minutes. They've got the Liberty Mutual Invitational coming up here in a couple of weeks. So we'll talk about that tournament and Russ and uh, Caddy for a Cure's involvement with that event. Plus, we'll get more of Russ's memories from being on the bag with Bernard Longer. They were together for several years. And uh, we'll also go way back to his time as an All-American player at Malone University, which is up in uh, Canton, Ohio. So a lot to get into with Russ as well when he joins me about 25 minutes from now. So more great memories and more great stories coming your way tonight here on this edition of Next on the Tee. Thank you so much again for tuning in and taking the journey with me here over the next hour or so. And, and folks, as you know, we are sponsored by the French Lick Resort. Let's hear a word from our good friend Steve Rondonero about what they have going up there this winter. Fall golf is gorgeous at French Lick Resort. Perched on one of the highest points in Indiana, the Pete Dye course hosted the first ever senior LPGA championship this summer. Ask the ladies, the views are spectacular. The venerable Donald Ross course is looking better than ever as it celebrates its centennial. Go to FrenchLick.com and save with our Hall of Fame package. Play legendary golf at French Lick Resort this fall. Yeah, folks, be sure to go online to FrenchLick.com to see for yourself how great a place it is and to book your stay as well. And folks, have you heard me talking about Clubhub sensors over the last few months? Well, if you haven't, listen up and get ready to discover the best portable shot tracking and swing analysis golf device that's out there on the market. Other shot trackers tell you what happened. Clubhub tells you what happened and why. Take the progress that you're making on the practice tee directly to your rounds with the only device of its kind that can go on the course with you. I have club hub sensors on all of my clubs. They screw right into the tops of your grips. And I can tell you, since I put club hub sensors on my clubs, I've learned more about my swing and all the data surrounding it than I've learned over the last 40 years of playing the game. Because not only do you get GPS distances to the hazards and to the green, but after your round, you can go back and look at images and the layout of every hole of the course you just played and see exactly where and how far you hit every shot. No other GPS tool in the market captures that and lets you go back and review your round the way the Club Hub, the Club Hub app does. It's available for Android and iPhones. The app keeps track of your swing speed of every club, again, your tempo, your angle of attack, plus you get a 3D view of your swing as well. And no other rangefinder can do that for you. Go over to clubhubgolf.com to order your set of Clubhub sensors today and enter the coupon code NEXT, that's N-E-X-T, to get 10% off on all products at checkout. Again, go to clubhubgolf.com, enter the coupon code NEXT, 
and you're going to get the best GPS and swing analysis tool on the market for a great low price and see your game in a whole new way. We're also excited to be partnering with the Ben Hogan Golf Equipment Company. They are back with the same great equipment that you know and love without the retail markup that you hate. Now you can buy premium Ben Hogan irons, wedges, utility irons, hybrids, and bags directly from the factory at prices your wallet's going to appreciate. Go visit them online at BenHoganGolf.com or give them a call at 844-53-HOGAN. That's 844-534-6426 to learn more and order your set today. Plus also check out our friends over at the Bobby Jones Apparel Company by going online to BobbyJones.com. Their holiday selection in your collection is out there for you. The shifts in season, right, is a perfect opportunity to change things up layer upon layer. Give your wardrobe a boost of dapper style. They've added some great details, fresh colors, new additions with genuine, enduring character. See the new holiday collection by going online to bobbyjones.com. As you know, we are partnering with one of our guests tonight, Russ Holden, and the great folks over at Caddy for a Cure, because one of the most unique opportunities in the world of professional golf is available to you through Caddy for a Cure. Spend a day inside the ropes with one of the world's best players as their caddy. It's a fantastic way to have the time of your life while supporting our wounded service members and Vancona anemia. You're going to get to walk side by side with your tour player experiencing professional golf as an insider. And in addition to this amazing experience, you're going to receive a fantastic gift package from Caddy for a Cure, which includes Under Armour logo apparel and an eyewear package, a tour grade caddy bib suitable for autographs and framing, a tin cup ball marking gift, chef's cut real jerky, and professional photographs of your day. Go online to Caddy for a Cure, and Caddy is spelled C-A-D-D-Y-F-O-R-A-C-U-R-E, so caddyforacure.com to learn more. All right, folks, now back in making his fourth appearance with me on the French Lake Resort guest line is Dennis Cohen. Dennis is the founder and CEO of the Professional Caddies Association. He's also served as the president of Junior Golf Association of Central Florida. He was inducted into the Caddy Hall of Fame back in 2011, and as always, I am very thrilled and honored that he is with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Dennis, thanks for coming back on the show. Hey, Chris. Uh, it's always great to be with you, and I really want to thank you and, and the team for all you do because I've done quite a few of these shows over the years, and the way you approach everything and the way you handle this uh, is really a, a statement of the way radio shows should be, and uh, I just want to compliment you and and all your team. Well, I, I appreciate also want to, you know, certainly reach out to Russ, you know, what he's accomplished. And, you know, that's a professional caddy. You know, I was uh, fortunate enough to be involved in growing the game of golf through, you know, caddy programs and education programs used over 50 top clubs. And because of some of the things we've accomplished is the reason they put me in the Hall of Fame. Not that I've been out there. My experience of caddying was really more of an amateur and as a kid growing up, which really set my whole path, you know, when you when you see this person that you respect give you a few bucks for, you know, shagging balls, if you remember what shagging balls is all about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's where you stand out in a field with about six or ten other kids, and people hit golf balls at you. I mean, you couldn't do that nowadays, you know. And uh, <laughs> it's it, That's how I learned, you know. So that's my – I serve my uh, – my time in doing that, and it leads me to one quick story about talking to Angelo, and he was talking about when Jack was out there hitting balls to him and he was shagging balls. 
he had no problem because he said, I could just about hold the bag up, and Jack would put it left or right. It was just that good. But he said, but it was his 10-year-old son off to the side that was actually trying to hit me that I had to keep dodging. So uh, <laughs> be careful shagging the balls. But anyway, I, I want to start off 2018 by thanking uh, all the caddies, thanking all the people that employ the caddies or give caddies an opportunity to help grow this game, and, and all the companies and the sponsors that help us at PCA and Russia's people and everybody that's in the caddy business, you know, uh, and the owners, you know, uh, of PCA that helped, you know, put me in this situation to get where we are and what we're doing for over 20 years now. And and we've stayed the course, you know, uh, you know, and it's really been a, a labor of love. Uh, but, you know, it's important when you go through this that you always hug your loved ones because they're the ones that are putting up with all your dreams that you're trying to, you know, a lot of times it's not about money, and it certainly had not and Russ can tell you this, being in the caddy business, it's not about money, and all these normal top bags out there or something. But, yeah, so anyway, I have a lot of respect for what Russ has accomplished and what he's doing out there, and I, I really appreciate that. I think people should support that for sure, you know. Yeah. Which brings me to the latest and greatest. Please. Uh, as you know, the golf industry – uh, and I was hoping to have the press release tonight, but I will have it soon and get it to you before the PGA show. But uh, the golf industry has been searching for a way to grow the game. And the way to grow the game is certainly is through kids. We have to convince and educate the kids that caddying is cool. And we have to also provide opportunities for them to caddy. Uh, whether and, and that doesn't mean get rid of the golf car. And as it means... Kids can maybe, through a caddy service, they could be available for events and pro-am and member guests or whatever is going on. But giving them an opportunity to be out there with Mr. Jones and receive those few dollars uh, for caddying, and from the respect that they they see with these people doing this, and you say, this guy's just like me. I could be the president of a company one day. You know, and, and saying nice to him like you did a good job, son, because like me, I didn't have that at home when I went home, and that's why I think caddying and being around the golf course is probably the best, healthiest place for a kid to hang out. And through programs that are being set up now with this new initiative through our Caddy Task Force, which will be announced with the support of Golf 2020, uh, it's uh, pretty exciting. So I'd like to lead right into that and tell you what's going on. Please. Uh, since... Uh, yeah, so the Caddy Task Force, uh, it's basically 2018 is going to be the year of the comeback of caddies. Uh, it's it's the missing piece to the caddy puzzle. Everybody's been looking for you know, what's going to make golf grow, and getting a kid to the golf course is the first thing you have to do if you want them to play the game of golf. And if you're paying them to go there and get a job, a little exercise, sun, you know, speed up the game, uh, fix the greens for the superintendents, happy members. Uh, the owner gets another group or two on the course that day. He makes more money. We don't see a flaw in this whole program, you know. And so if it's chasing golf cars, which is fine, you know, because if you're 16 or older, you can drive a golf car, and you and your friend can still walk down the fairway and, and kind of walk up to where your ball is. And it's been proven that with a caddy, you can play faster because if you and I drive up to the golf ball in a golf cart, we jump out and usually say, okay, 
Chris, what do I have? What do we have? How far are we? You know, we we're talking, having a good time, but we're not really in the game, and that's what's been lost by getting into the golf course. You lost the visualization of the game. You look at Jack Nicklaus and all these guys, but Jack especially talked about visualization, being able to see that ball, see that shot, and when you walk up to your ball and you're pacing it off. And, you, you know, if you're walking, you go to the right, your ball, and I go to mine, and we're both ready to go. But you see your shot, and you're ready to go, and you visualize the shot. So that's really important. So bringing back kids to the game. So what, in 1990, two years ago, in 19, 2006, at the PGA show, over 20 industry executives came together, uh, the leading golf associations and companies, and others that had a direct involvement or interest in the youth caddy mission. And, and I say it's a mission, but it's really a movement, and it's hoped to, it's going to be moved through the golf industry, promoting it and actually on TV talking about it next year. But anyway, this team of us have been meeting to determine whether it was a national effort could be you know, developed and, and maybe encouraged and get sponsors to, to promote youth caddy program, and certainly the answer was overwhelmingly yes. So that's what the announcement will be about, and it will be part of the initiatives of Golf 2020 uh, uh, is part of this also, and hopefully the, the PGA Tour will be mentioning it during some of the events to encourage people to take a caddy and clubs to get some kind of a caddy program. Uh, the name, which will be announced, has been registered, and the youth movement it's, it's kind of here to create new opportunities for youth to train them and work as caddy, but more importantly, to receive education scholarships. We work closely with the Western Golf Association that does this now, and, and they're a part of this team also. Uh, so this movement uh, will be populated and, and enriched in, in, in by youth caddies, and the core of this seeks to increase the availability and utilization of youth caddies in American golf. Uh, that's, you know, what the focus is. Uh, I think eventually it will spread throughout the world because uh, people are realizing that, that speeding up the game is a, a big problem, and this is one thing adding the programs, uh, caddy programs of some type can do, you know. And so mm-hmm. that's really exciting what's, what's going on with that, and it's been two years. And, and I hats off to Golf 2020 and their, their group who helped bring all this together and the professionalism I've never really been through a process like this where you really bring the groups together and you really iron things out and you really throw a lot of things up on the wall and on the on the chalkboard and seeing how this works out and it's really exciting and it's also very eye-opening to realize that we've missed this so we've gotten away from something that was worked for hundreds of years well let's get back to it so that's my yeah dog and pony on my end and i certainly like to hear your thoughts about that no absolutely dennis and you know uh it's things that you and i have talked about in the past when you think about bringing caddies back to the game is a fantastic idea for so many different reasons like like you mentioned you know growing the game getting youth you know some of the younger players involved and and uh you know giving kids an opportunity to your point a to earn some money b to you know mm-hmm. be around the game and the more they're around the game the more they're going to be excited to play it and you know, the longer they'll stay with the game and all of those sorts of things so those things are great um i think the point that you make about how it's going to keep the game moving. 
And uh, you talk about the, you know, some of the, uh, the course owners and that sort of thing, you know, boy, that, that brings in more revenue for them, which is obviously a win there. But I think, I think the point about keeping the game moving so that it's not a, a five hour plus round that you play on a weekend, you know, that uh, really does take away from the people's enjoyment the players' enjoyment and wanting to come out and wanting to play the game more. If you're having to spend five, you know, hours out on the golf course and, uh, you know, folks just don't have that kind of time anymore to, you know, to spend out playing the game. So I love the idea that it's going to keep the game moving and progressing and hopefully make the round shorter um, because I think that's a, that's something that uh, needs attention. So, you know, kudos to you yeah, guys I, I, for putting that together. I've been, I've been promoting nine holes of golf and then uh, nine, uh, uh, the two hours in the uh, eating and having a cocktail and playing some cards or something like that. And, and they'll make more money if they get them off the golf course and inside the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> right. So but, Dennis, uh, anyway, talk about I, adoption of this. Who, what, what courses are signing up? What, what is the interest level? What are you seeing for courses out there well, wanting there, to there, get involved? There's a couple companies out there. You might want to look them up. A couple companies out there that, uh, that have started a, basically a market caddy delivery system, like an Uber of caddying. And hmm. uh, I just say there's three companies out there, and they're, they're, one of them is part of this group too. And, uh, you know, obviously just somebody just Google in and, and look at what they've who they've signed up and, uh, and and find out from what's out there on the Internet right now. But I wanted to jump in while I had time is to talk about the Caddy Hall of Fame because that's we're accepting nominees right now, and I'm on the committee for that. And uh, and Russ may be able to help with this too, but we really want to induct a couple caddies into the Hall of Fame at the Open Championship this year over the pond. And uh, we really would like to get a female nominee to go in there, hopefully with Fanny, who's uh, a member of the Caddy Hall of Fame. So that's one thing that my mission is certainly to try to find some nominees, working with the golf writers through our Golf Writers Association and then the European Golf Writers Association to put the word out. Because a lot of people think because they've been in a country club for 15, 20 years that they uh, really aren't professional caddies or can't you know, be in the Caddy Hall of Fame. Well, that's not true. Uh, we just to give you a quick note, Jim Clark died at 107 years old this year, uh, last year, and he was our, our oldest caddy. He was uh, over 70 years at Baldestraw, and he was pretty much taking care of himself towards the end in assisted living. And hats off to Jim Clark. So, uh, and his secret is oatmeal every morning and a lot of walking. So that's uh, that's what's up. Because you can be healthy and live a long time if you're a caddy, maybe, right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But, did, but anyway, you know, we, we're really excited. Last year, Bones went in. Uh, right. Jim went in with Caddy Hall of Fame. Uh, and he certainly, I mean, I actually talked to him about it years ago, but he said I wasn't ready. I'm too young, you know, and things like that. But uh, the timing was perfect, I guess, with uh, him making the transition from uh, – from carrying, and you know, he had a couple of knees replaced too. I just had one done, and and I know that does uh, affect you a little bit. And and I think he's a, a good move on his part, and and I wish him well uh, with his new endeavor for sure. And and also Eddie Barr went in last year as a longtime manager, caddy master for the Beverly Club in Chicago. Uh, he mentored, mentored thousands of kids who went on to become uh, Evan Scholars. It's one of their big scholar programs at Beverly Club. Uh, they've had some lunches up there, unbelievable, and raised uh, six figures 
uh, um, easily many times for lunches. To, that's how bad I must say support uh, these caddy programs in the Chicago area, you know. And of course, Johnny Miller went in 2016, and Andy Martinez, who worked for uh, Tom Lehman, and Johnny I didn't know, but he started caddying uh, in San Francisco at a golf club when he first started playing. And a lot of these guys uh, don't mention it, but now they're they're mentioning it. I mean, the fact that. Uh, this you know, last couple of years ago, that Jack Nicholas went in in 2013, and he said, and it's on YouTube, if it wasn't for caddying from my dad, I'd never taken up this game, and that's a that's a that's a heavy statement. All right. Uh, so I think you know if you get a, a a bag on a kid's shoulder, you can probably get a club in his hand. And you, as you mentioned, you know Bones and, and Eddie Barr. Talk about Joe Barrero. He's also a guy that uh, got into the Caddy Hall of Fame. Yes, well, I I don't know Joe, uh, and I I don't really know him, and and I think they for some reason they set him down in 2018, and I'm not sure exactly. Uh, I don't know if that's just a misprint or not, but he's with Sleepy Hollow Club up in uh, New York. Uh, do you hmm. know Joe? No, I don't. But I was curious, you know, what you know where he was from because I was trying to look him up before the show, and uh, I couldn't yeah. find him, so I was curious. Yeah, he's been there so, 45 years, they say, and I don't know Joe. And and I, I best is when the release comes out about that, I'll get more educated on that for sure. But yeah, okay. so anybody that has anybody that's interested, and as I, not just in Europe, but anywhere, uh, send an email to Western Golf Association or the PCA, and and uh, we'll get you the form and uh, get your nominees, and 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 just you know, think about somebody you've known out there for the caddy master or. Are a great caddy, and uh, certainly we're looking for some nominees. And you know, Dennis, as we've talked about in the past, you know, most folks don't know enough about the great caddies that are out there. We know a couple of the big names, like you mentioned, Bones, but we don't know enough about the great caddies of all time. But who who are some of the caddies that you've had an opportunity to to work with or be around, particularly with the PCA or <clears> even <throat> with with the Hall of Fame, that uh, that have really struck you and have done some great things for the game of golf. We 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 were. I was blessed to work closely with Fluff when he was on Tiger's bag, and I got him a, a commercial, with the Quality Inn Comfort Inn commercial, and he made some some very nice pocket change out of that. Uh, and he got very popular. He loved it along with Tiger too, and I think that uh, the class act uh, Fluff is uh, in the Caddy Hall of Fame, of course, in one of the original classes. But he uh, being around him and and he's a good golfer too. I think back then he had like a carried like three and a half or handicap or something. But uh, you know that experience and flying up there and meeting with him, he said, you know, I, uh, I said, Fluff, I said they didn't break the check up my my commission and yours, which is a lot bigger. I said, what should I do with it? He said, just get on an airplane, come up here, and let's play some golf. So that's what I did, and it was so so great. He treated me uh, like a like family and. Probably one of the greatest experiences I've had is spending that time with Fluff uh, during doing the commercial and, and during that year that I was helping him get some things done. But anyway, I wanted to speak real quickly before we leave about PCA and where we're going. Uh, yeah. I'm 72, 72. I'm focused on bringing the golf industry together with the fishing industry. Uh, I've been working on for several years. The PGA's liking where we're going with this, and I'm uh, PGA of America, and that's going to be my focus. So I'm trying to sell emerge the professional caddy association which is basically a hospitality company you know with with the caddies that we have out there they're actually 
spend more time with your guest at a hotel than, than the bartender, maybe, you know. And so uh, it's a really important to have your caddies trained and educated, not just carrying the bag and everything else, but to know about and be ambassadors of your resorts and know about the history and know who the, the president of the company owners are and know about the golf professionals and some history about them. So it's real important that caddies are looked at, not just bag carriers, but they're ambassadors to the game of golf. They're, there's what, they're what leaves you, besides your score, but the experience you had with that caddy uh, leaves you coming back to the game. And you can look up with people have these great experience in the, over the old course and stuff. So we need to get there. We're heading in that direction. And, and I want to thank you for this opportunity to be on the show. And go to PCAWorldwide.com, and, and we'll uh, send you some gifts. How's that? <laughs> i got to clean out the warehouse. <laughs> Before we let you go, let let our listeners know, how can they stay up to date with all the great things that you're doing, whether it's online or over social media? You can just Google in uh, Dennis Cohn, PCA, Caddy. Uh, there's tons of stuff on YouTube uh, and from from our, our events and stuff we had. And, and uh, we haven't put out as much in the way of press releases in the last year because we're really focused on this new project uh, and the movement, as I call it. And you'll, you'll hear a lot about us and a lot of press releases coming out. So we are uh, basically have opportunities for kids to get uh, educated, at some of them for free, uh, by getting a hold of us. And they will give the kids an online education program for free if they don't have any money. So we would do that for the industry. All right. That's great stuff. Dennis, I can't thank, thank you, you enough for uh, for your continued support and coming back on the show. It's always a great time getting to spend some time with you. I hope you'll come back and, and uh, let us know when you get the press releases ready and anything that's that's new and upcoming because we you know we, we love to you know support you and the organization. So uh, we're always here for you, my friend. You will always be number one with us and get it first, sir. Thank you and God bless everybody. All right, take care, Dennis. All the best to you and your family. Bye bye. That is the great Dennis Cohen, again, Hall of Famer in the, in the uh, Professional Caddy Association and the Caddies Hall of Fame back in 2011. A great guy. They're doing a lot of great things. And I'm very excited about the opportunity to see caddy programs come back because I think it's such an important part of the game. Like we were talking about, uh, when you're talking about growing the game and the youth of, uh, you know, getting more youth energized and getting them involved in the game, a game that they will stay with forever, you know, boy, you know, a kid getting out there to caddy, and the more, like uh, like Dennis said, the more often you're going to get him out on the course, the more likely you are to get a club in his or her hand, and then that's going to be something that they keep forever. So kudos to uh, to Dennis and his organization for all the great things that they are doing to try to grow the game. Look forward to catching up with him again here real soon. Before I get to my next guest, Russ Holden, I want to give a shout-out to a few of our sponsors. First, I want to remind you about our friends over at SyncIt.com. You know how we like to keep things on the positive side here on Next on the Team, have a positive approach both in life and out on the golf course. Well, we're excited to be partnering with the folks at SyncIt.com. Keep putting that positive thought of sinking the putt in your mind with their great line of T-shirts and hats. To win any golf tournament, you've got to sink the final putt. We all wake up every day to finish strong, sink the putt, close the deal, work hard, get better each and every day. Well, have the confidence to push forward towards your dreams with un- unwavering passion, and you're going to sink it in life. Check them out online at sinkit.com. 
And, folks, I hope you've heard me talking about Club of Sensors over the last few months. If you haven't, well, listen up and get ready to discover the best portable shot tracking and swing analysis golf device that's out there on the market. Other shot trackers tell you what happened. Clubhub tells you what happened and why. Take the progress that you make on the practice tee directly to your rounds with the only device of its kind that can go on the course with you. I have Club Hub sensors on all of my clubs. They screw right into the tops of your grips, and I can tell you, since I put the Club Hub sensors on my clubs, I've learned more about my swing and all the data surrounding it than I've learned over the 40 years I've been playing the game. Because not only do you get GPS distances to the hazards and the green, but after your round, you can look back at images and the layout of every hole of the course and see exactly where and how far you hit every shot. No other GPS tool on the market captures that and lets you go back and review your round the way the Clubhub app does. It's available for Android or iPhones, and the app keeps track of your swing speed of every club in your bag again, your tempo, your angle of attack, plus you see a 3D view of your swing as well. And no other range fire in there is going to be able to do that for you. So go over to clubhubgolf.com and order your set of Clubhub sensors today and enter the coupon code NEXT to get 10% off on all your products at checkout. Again, clubhubgolf.com, enter the coupon code NEXT, and you're going to get the best GPS and swing analysis tool on the market for a great low price, and you're going to see your game in a whole new way. I also want to remind you about our friends over at Par Bar. Energy and focus on the course, folks, it's essential. Whether you're playing, you know, on tour, in your club championship, on your weekend four ball with your buddies, whatever it is, Par Bar, the golfer's nutritional bar, can help you with both. Eat some before you get to the first tee and the rest every three holes until it's finished, and you're going to play with more energy and more focus to win. Par Bar was developed by a lifelong golfer and a food scientist to help all golfers play their best. Go online to parbargolf on, uh, parbargolf.com and order yours today. And this segment of the show is sponsored by the PGA Tour Superstore. This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGASuperstore.com. Now, back to you, Chris. And now back with me on the French Lake Resort guest line is Russ Holden. Russ is the founder and CEO of a wonderful cause called Caddy for a Cure, which you hear me talking about every single week here at the top of the show. Russ is also a Class A PGA professional and was the head golf professional at Woodfield Country Club in Boca Raton, Florida. It's there where he met Bernard Longer and became his caddy both full and part-time from 1991 to 2006. Russ also served as caddy captain for the 2004 European Ryder Cup team. Going back to his college days, he played golf at uh, Malone University and was an uh, NAIA All-American back in 1980. He was named All-Mid-Ohio Conference in 1980 and 81. He was the Mid-Ohio Conference MVP in 1981 as well. He was inducted into the Malone University Hall of Fame back in 1994, and he's become a wonderful friend of this show, and I'm thrilled that he is back with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Happy New Year, Russ. Thanks for coming back on the show, my friend. Oh, happy new year to you, Chris. Uh, always a pleasure to be on this great show. You do such a wonderful job keeping the, the good in all of sports, and uh, we're just honored to be part of it. I'm not sure I'm going to be your best guest tonight. I'm going to ask you for amnesty up front. I've got the uh, the Ahmed that's going around down here with everybody, and uh, I'm just getting it near the end of it. So if I let go with a blatant uh, cough, uh, all you listeners out there, I apologize in advance, please. Uh, no worries. Don't worry about that at all, Russ. Thank you for your time. So... Russ, it's been about six months since uh, since we've caught up, so please catch us up on all the great things you're doing. What's going on over at Caddy for a Cure? 
Well, we're, uh, we're, we're in our final uh, countdown right now. We've got our 11th annual Liberty Mutual Invitational coming up on the 15th down here in South Florida at the Parkland Golf and Country Club. And uh, we've got uh, Nashville recording artist J.T. Hodges coming in uh, the night before on the 14th. Uh, Sunday night, going to do a, uh, a patriotic concert. Uh, we've got a uh, got about a dozen wounded uh, men and women coming in from all over the country, and uh, we're going to make an incredible special presentation this year to a uh, wounded Green Beret out of uh, Dallas, Texas. Uh, he is going to be coming in, and we're going to gift him a lifetime service dog. And uh, this this young man has been uh, just just an incredible American patriot serving his country. Uh, lost his leg uh, in, in uh, Fallujah many many years ago, and uh, has just been wonderful. And, and as you remember, we had uh, Lance Corporal Lyndon Ortiz on the show uh, earlier right. this summer. And uh, we were able to gift a, a house uh, to that wounded Marine and his family. And uh, just watching the joys of the holiday season and watching those two young girls and, and the whole family enjoy their house in Orlando, Florida, knowing, you know, what we've been able to do by uh, by, by taking the, the, the great art of caddying and, and all these great players on the PJ Tour and LPJ Tour and uh, just uh, their generosity and giving us a day with them and allowing so many amateur golfers uh, to go inside the ropes and enjoy it. So uh, just a unique uh, twisting together and blending of of just good stuff all the way around, Chris. And Russ, for for folks that are just really hearing more of the details about Caddy for a Cure for the first time, not Mm -hmm. only are you supporting wounded service veterans, but also Ancona anemia. Talk about, you know, all the things that you do for our veterans, plus, you know, people dealing with Ancona anemia as well. Well, you know, to, to back up even before that, Chris, the impetus behind Caddy for Cure is a rare bone marrow disorder called Fanconi anemia. Uh, it's very rare orphan disease, but uh, when I was at Woodfield Country Club, as you mentioned, uh, one of my assistants, uh, Chris Collins and the Collins family from Macon, Georgia, uh, gave birth to their second child, Christian Collins, on August 25, 1993, and he was born with this rare bone marrow disorder, and it was my first touch with family if you will, that we're literally living, breathing, and dying day by day with this uh, this tragic disorder. And uh, I knew back then that I wanted to do something about it somewhere in my life. I, I We had to just do something. And you could say Caddy for a Cure was born then, uh, that day in retrospect, looking back. And fast forward, they had a couple more kids. And uh, their fifth child, Kalen, uh, was born five years later on uh, July 2nd, 1998. And he also has what we call F.A., uh, both the boys are, are full-blown. Uh, they have all the physical attributes that go along with it, which are many. And uh, they're both doing well right now, today, as we speak. And uh, Christian's our national spokesperson and Kalen's our national diplomat. But uh, we set out 15 years ago with, with an opportunity and an idea after my caddying, as you mentioned, with Bernhard Langer, to allow the average golf fan to be able to uh, make a donation to Caddy for a Cure. And in return, they would be able to come caddy for the likes of a Jordan Spieth or a Phil Mickelson or a Ricky Fowler or on and on uh, and be able to spend the day. Uh, you know, I knew people would want to trade places with me for a day. And, and in retrospect, again, I was right uh, that we've had so many wonderful participants come through, hundreds and hundreds of participants come through the program over the years. And, uh, you know, it just gives them a a taste and a touch of what it's like to be a professional caddy for one of the world's greatest players. 19, excuse me, in 2005, I was caddying for Bernhardt uh, down in San Antonio, Texas, which many of your listeners will know is the home of the Brook Medical Center. And uh, the PGA Tour being very military appreciative and patriotic, walked six young men down the range that had all lost legs. 
and uh, I was just overwhelmed with that sight. These young men who raised their right hand voluntarily for us to be able to have this conversation that we're having right now, and, and I thought to myself, hey, we've got this thing caddy for a cure, and if Chris is out caddying for Jordan Spieth, why couldn't he be escorted by one of these great wounded service members? And uh, it took the PJ Tour about three and a half seconds to say, yeah, we're all about that. And uh, we started that in, in 2006, and we've been now introducing men and women to the game of golf at the highest levels uh, for well over 10 years. And uh, it's really turned into almost a ministry to us, if you will, because uh, we become kind of caddy daddies and uh, we get our we get our arms around them for about a week and uh, we get them to come in and give them a tour uh, inside the ropes and, and behind the scenes of what a tour event's all about, introduce them to as many players as we can and just, you know, take them on a, on a candy shop store look at, at the inside of golf and hopefully introduce them to, to the game you know, again, enough that they would want to play the game themselves. If they don't already play, introduce them to it, have them play. And if they already play, hopefully they'll want to play more and be encouraged to play more. We know, we know from experience the incredible therapeutic attributes of this great game that we all love. You know, who, who, what could be better than five, four hours, five hours out in God's green blue skies and green grass and, and everything and to be able to get out there and that addictive spirit of the game. Uh, it, it's made such a difference to so many men and women. And, and Caddy for Cures is one small little spoke in that wheel of golf that's allowed us to be able to introduce these, these men and women to the game. And Russ, you mentioned some of the the players that uh, there are caddy opportunities out there for. Talk about you know who you've got coming up and who people can bid on uh, if they go on to caddyforacure.com dot com, and uh, they they have the opportunity to, uh, to as you say, whether it's caddy for uh, for that player, or uh, be able to be out there walking alongside uh, the player and uh, and his caddy. Yeah, you know, it's a great day. Uh, we, we always have the fail-safe in place for those of you that might uh, be a little worried, is that bag heavy or this or that, the labor of, of, that goes along with it. So we, the tour caddy actually always goes along with you, uh, the, the player's actual caddy. And he he'll, he or she will be right there to, to tell you where to put the bag and what to do and, uh, you know, where to go and what to say and what not to say. And then if you get there, we always encourage people, we want you to have a good time. So, uh, you know, if you get six, seven, eight holes, 12 holes into it, and your back's a little sore, your neck's a little sore, you know, you can take a break and, and continue along with some of the other uh, menial jobs of, of wiping the clubs down or raking a, you know, replacing the divot or raking a bunker or something like that. But you still stay right there inside the ropes and you're part of the team, you know, part of the player-caddy relationship. And it's a completely different banter that goes on between the player and the caddy and the, the caddy for a cure caddy, uh, you know, than, than what happens everywhere else. You get to see how they prepare literally to play for, for millions of dollars just the next, uh, in the coming days. Uh, and, and really one of the most unique opportunities in, in the world of all of professional sports. Uh, we're early, Chris. It's only, uh, it's only a couple of days into the new year right now and uh, our schedule is blank. But uh, that will fill very, very quickly as we get into the West Coast swing, and then we get into Florida here. Uh, yeah, I can pretty much guarantee that we'll have all the top players again. You know, last year we had uh, we had Ricky Fowler, we had uh, Jordan Spieth, we had Sergio Garcia. Uh, gosh, the list just goes on and on and on. Rory McIlroy, we had Justin Thomas up at the Northern Trust. Uh, great story about Rory McIlroy. Uh, uh, Master Sergeant Todd Nelson from San Antonio, uh, was, uh, hit pretty hard in 2007, uh, a car
car bomb detonated right next to his vehicle in Kabul, and uh, he's had over 45 uh, facial and head surgeries now uh, since then. Uh, he lost his right eye, he lost his jaw, and pretty much should have lost his life, but, but he's made it, and he's probably one of the most inspiring young men that uh, walk this planet today. Uh, we were able to meet him up in, in Long Island at the Northern Trust, and uh, he had a great day with Rory McElroy. He's going to be our guest speaker uh, in just a couple of weeks for our Liberty Mutual Invitational. And, you know, we're so excited to introduce these these wounded service members to these great players, and you know we we just we just marvel at at their their eyes and watching how excited they are to meet them. And uh, what's really incredible is uh, at the end of the day, we always try to figure out who was more excited to meet who. Uh, you know, Rory McElroy. It's pretty well documented. I'm not going to announce anything new here, but he's a pretty swell kid. Uh, he gets it. He understands it. He's just one of the most awesome young men in all of golf. And the way that he treated uh, Todd that day, uh, I literally still to this moment don't know who asked more questions of whom. Was it uh, Rory asking Todd questions and wanting to know more about his life, or was it Todd wanting to know more about Rory's life? And it really epitomized what we had in mind uh, 10 years ago or more uh, when we started the whole military uh, addition to the Caddy for a Cure program. Russ, I want to switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about you and uh, and some of your past. And uh, as I was kind of looking back and doing some more research about your time in the game, going back to your days at Malone University, you were a team captain. You led some pretty successful teams back then. You guys won the, the Mid-Ohio and American Eastern Conference Championship in 1881. You guys finished 12th in the National Championship Tournament in 1980. Take us back to those times. What do you remember about your days playing golf at Malone? I remember one thing in particular, and uh, it's very interesting because I have a, a 16-year-old daughter right now uh, just going through the, the same process. She's uh, being heavily recruited by many schools right now as a, as a 10th grader, and uh, she's got some, some big aspirations in, in her golf future. And uh, it, it's really interesting to kind of go back deja vu and, and, and go through this. So I've actually been thinking quite a bit about this lately. It's a great question. But uh, I think really one thing about it, it was my college golf coach, who's, by the way, is still there. He won the national championship individually, and AIA beat a, a young doctor out of Oklahoma, many of our listeners might have heard of, uh, Dr. Gil Morgan. And uh, he beat another great player, a longtime PJ Tour player, Jim Maserio. And he decided, uh, while his game was good enough and strong enough, to become a school teacher and, uh, and become a college golf coach. And, and there he is. I think he's on his 46th year now, still coaching Malone wow. um, College. And uh, I, I will tell you that I don't know, I, don't, I think it's 34 years I'm removed from Malone uh, College now. Not a month goes by that I don't speak to Coach Highland. Uh, and, and my hope and my prayer and what we're looking at for at all these college golf coaches, and there's some great programs out there for girls and for guys, but we're specifically looking for girls right now and looking at all the different programs, and there's good players and there's, there's, there's great coaches out there. Our prayer and our hope is, is that we would find a Ken Highland for our daughter that in those four formative years or five formative years uh, of college life that they would not only meet a, a good coach in the game, but a good coach in life and, and even beyond that. And I had that. Uh, there, was, there was no question, and I didn't know it at the time, but being taught life while I was at Malone University. And, and uh, you know, in, in retrospect, looking back, it was the best thing that ever happened to me 
to, to be able to go to a small school like that and be able to have a great coach like Ken Hyland. And you were inducted into their Hall of Fame back in 1994. What was it like being recognized like that by your university? It was pretty. Uh, it was pretty weird. It was pretty unique because uh, I just, I didn't know I was going to go there. I, I, I literally, uh, I was set to go to the University of Arizona. I had a, a minimal scholarship, and I was up in Michigan, and it meant that uh, we couldn't afford to fly me back and forth. And uh, I was l- literally looking to be, you know, the 15th man on the team at a, an incredibly strong golf team, and. Yeah, I, I I went and played in the college nat junior college nationals. There was a guy there named Paul Azinger, and uh, a few other good players were playing in that tournament uh, over in Odessa, Texas. And uh, I, I ended up being roomed up with a guy from Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, we roomed there and, and we hit it off and we exchanged phone numbers and and we made a we made a date for me to come down and spend a few days with him. And we were up one night in the middle of the night playing ping pong. And he asked me where I was going to go to school, and I said, well, I don't really know. And he said, why don't you come to Malone? And uh, he said, I'll call Coach tomorrow. And uh, our home course was Firestone Country Club. Wow. And uh, we went and played Firestone, and Coach offered me a full ride and told me I could play one or two on the team most likely, and I could room with my friend Paul. Uh, and, and, by the way, our spring trip was going to Hawaii. And uh, when he said Hawaii – you know, I pretty much fell off the back of the clubhouse there at uh, Firestone, <laughs> and I couldn't say yes fast enough. So when I got inducted, you know, into Malone, and I realized all the things, uh, there, there, was a, there was a Christian song out there by the Imperials a long time ago, way back when, called Pieces. And it was all about the pieces of your life, how you could look back and, and retrospectively put things back together. And you see that, well, you met this guy over here, and then this happened over there, and, and, and all those pieces come together, and there's your life. And it was really amazing how all those things, and then when I was inducted in the Hall of Fame, there I was working with Bert Hart, and I was out there, you know, really living my dreams, you know, going to Augusta, going to U.S. Open, and being in the, the heartbeat of the game. I, I had everything that I had ever hoped for and uh, all those pieces. And, and I still think about that today, how the pieces of my life led me together to Malone University and, and even to now, right here to be speaking with you and all the things we've been able to do at Caddy for a Cure, just pieces put together. And we've mentioned Bernard Longer several times already, but talk about what it was like being on the bag for him and, and Russell, what he wanted from you as a caddy, what was Bernhard looking to, you know, to you for? Well, when I first started, uh, Pete Coleman was his longtime caddy. I think they had a record at the time. It was uh, 23 years together or something like that. It was an amazing uh, duo. Those two, uh, those two just, uh, they were, they were the bones of the European tour bones and fill of the European tour. And Peter, uh, couldn't make it one week, and uh, I was in the right place at the right time. I had started being Bernhardt's part-time coach, his eyes away from, from his longtime coach, even to this day, Willie Hoffman, there at Woodfield, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a little bit different than, than Peter. Peter is a, a really hard worker. He's an Englishman, and uh, he's very similar to Terry Holt, who's caddying now for Bernhardt, just, just a real hard worker and great guy. And, uh, again, very quiet. Uh, I, I like to tell jokes, and I like to have fun. And uh, it was it was refreshing for Bernhard when I first started uh, to be able to tell some jokes and have some fun out there. And Bernhard and I were more friends. Uh, it was more of a player-coach player relationship than it was a caddy. 
And then, you know, through the years, it, it developed. And then I got that call in 2001 where he asked me to come out full-time. Peter had resigned full-time permanently. And, uh, you know, Bernhard, again, knew that I wasn't, you know, a 20-year caddy with all that experience. But I offered a lot to him on the golf course. I was his eyes out there. And, you know, it was, wasn't cheating, obviously. But to have your caddy as your coach, there's many have employed that you know, out there now, Colin Swat and Jason Day, uh, you know, while they're not together right now, they, they work very, very well together. Having your coach out there to be able to see when, you know, you're a little quick or you're a little laid off or you're aligned a little improperly, uh, you know, there's just a, a multitude of things that can, that can add to that. Bernhard looked for me uh, for a lot of that stuff, uh, you know, for, for many, many years, and it worked very, very well between us. And you mentioned uh, Augusta a few moments ago. You, you've been on the bag for Bernard at, at the Masters. What, what's it like being a caddy in that tournament? Well, greatest memory I had was in 2004. Uh, it, it, it's just uh, I remember I remember a couple of things about that day, and, and I tell this story often that uh, when we went to the tee the last day, Phil and uh, Chris DeMarco were behind us. We were in second to last group. We were paired with Paul Casey. Ernie and KJ were playing in front of us. Uh, that was the famous year that Phil did the, the huge one-inch leap uh, when he paid that putt on, on 18. But uh, I remember going to the first tee, um, carrying the bag, not being able to breathe. Uh, I, I was I was so nervous and I was so suffocating on that first tee. I, I just... It was one of those rare times I used to joke with them and, and say, boy, you know, most of the time I wish I was the guy out there hitting the ball. And uh, this is one of those rare times where I am so glad that it's you hitting it and not me. And, uh, you know, we've played hundreds, if not thousands of times together. And uh, I stood there, my hand shaking, hoping I didn't, wouldn't drop the bag. And uh, I watched him, and, and I watched him go through his routine. And, and it just stuck with me that uh, all I could think about was, you bugger. It doesn't matter if you're playing me for two bucks back at Woodfield or you're playing here for the final round of Augusta. Once he hit that butt, that internal switch, he went into his routine, that one that we still watch today, uh, you know, while he's playing on the Champions Tour. It's the same exact routine. And he went into that routine, and it was almost like, you know, Kevin Costner's, for love of the game, clear the mechanism, and he just put it into overdrive. And that's what allowed him to be able to perform and to be able to take all that pressure away because he just put it into auto drive and he went ahead and hit shot after shot after shot. We had a pretty good front nine. And uh, when we walked off 10, he hooked a nice three wood down around the corner. It was just perfect. And as I looked up, Bernhardt didn't want to look at the leaderboard. Uh, for whatever reason, Augusta, he does not look at the leaderboard. Uh, every place else, he knows exactly what's going on. But for whatever reason, he, did, he just wants to play golf at Augusta, and that's just the way he does it. So he wasn't looking, but I was. And I knew that we had a one-shot lead going off 10. And I put my arm around him walking down, and uh, he said, he said, hey, uh, we shoot a little 33 on this side, and uh, we're going to have a meeting right over there, and he pointed over at Butler Cabin over there. And what was something is, as you know, all the caddies get a number on their badge, and, and it really has nothing to do other than the winner. It has nothing to do with anything other than when you sign in. And lo and behold, I had signed in 33rd. Uh, that, that Monday when I got there, and uh, I said, oh, a little 33 like this right here, and he turned over and looked at my, my jumpsuit. He literally turned white. He said, when did you get that? And I said, I've had it since Monday. And we both kind of looked at each other like, 
Rod Serling's Night Gallery and went, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> but we all know it. We all know it didn't work that way. But I put my arm around him and I said, you know, I got to tell you, this is every golfer's dream. Whatever happens in the next two hours, thank you for having me here. Thank you wow. for entrusting me with, with your life and with your golf and, and with everything. And just thank you for this opportunity to be there. And those nine holes were pretty fun. Uh, it hurt. We three putted 13 after hitting it literally from the same divot hole as Phil was going to hit from just a few minutes later, uh, hit four iron on the green three putted. And then we got in trouble on 15. He kind of bailed out and hit it in the trees over there and had to chip out and hit a three iron up on the front part of that false front. And it rolled down the green and we ended up making double. And, uh, that ended our, our, our opportunity to win. But, uh, we came back and made a great par on 18 from over the green, which I think we could try a hundred times and probably only get two out of a hundred up and down. And, uh, we finished fourth and, uh, that was pretty cool. No doubt. Any surprise to you at all? Just a couple of years ago, right? 2015. He's in the next to last group on Sunday at the Masters. At what? 58 years old. Any surprise that he can still go out there and be competitive at that advantage? Not at age? all. No, not at all. He, he's he's so good. Um, what what going to share anything that's? Uh, I wish I could share some inside stuff that, that <laughs> maybe you might not have ever heard about before. But uh, it, it's pretty well documented. Bernhard's incredibly creative. He's got he's got an incredibly strong right side brain, uh, creative side in him that his juices get flowing when it's not just uh, you know some of the courses out in Arizona and whatever the other guys shoot 26 under par and it's just a birdie fest out there. Augusta's not that way. You you have to it's really relatively generous around there, but it but it's not. Um, it's a very small golf course inside of a big big, big golf course, and you have to be in the right places. And it takes just a, a completely different set of skills to be able to get it around there, and that gets Bernhard's juices flowing. Colonial's the same way. If you remember back, Colonial, you really have to carve the ball both ways. It's Hogan's Alley there. He loved it there. Uh, Hilton had is kind of the same way. You know, the guys now are shooting a little bit lower scores, but still Hilton Head is not something you can overpower. You have to be able to move the ball both ways. You have to miss it in the right spots. Augusta is just that way on steroids. And for Bernhardt, uh, as good as he's playing, um, and with his newfound putting, you know, that he's done so well with on the Champions Tour, oh, it doesn't surprise me one iota that uh, he'll be there, and, and it wouldn't shock me at all if he did it again this year and next year and a couple more years to go. Wow. Russ, be, before we let you go, you know, for for our listeners who, who might be themselves or they might know a wounded veteran out there that, you know, could, could really benefit from what you're doing with Caddy for a Cure, um, how can they get involved? How can they look things up? How can they get in touch with you and the organization? Absolutely. Go to our site, uh, as you've mentioned, caddyforacure.com. We spell it with a Y, C-A-D-D-Y-F-O-R-A-C-U-R-E, all spelled out. You'll see a lot of the players we had from last year are still up there, but you'll see all the people that we support. A lot of testimonies are up there. See some of the events that we have around, but uh, you'll get a real good feel for Fanconi anemia, uh, as well as our wounded men and women and how we serve them. And uh, what I would recommend is if you, if you go on there and it's something that you think you might want to do, shoot us an email, use the contact form. Our phone number's on there. You'll get me directly uh, when you call there. And uh, we like to do what we make a marriage happen. If there's a particular player that you'd like at a particular venue, 
within reason, we'll do the very best we can to try to set that up. Uh, the, the players in the PJ Tour and LPJ Tour have been so uh, it, it's just been fantastic. Um, uh, it, it, they, we have we're at a point now, 15 years into this, where guys are asking us, "Hey, when are we going to do K for a cure?" And uh, it, it's kind of a, a little, you know puzzle where we put all the, the pieces together and figure out what works best for them on one week. They have other corporate commitments and families and things like that. But uh, I would say that we'll have 80-90% of the top 25 players uh, this year at some venue and uh, we can make it happen for you. And by the way, Chris, while we're at it, you know, this is also a, a two-man thing uh, where we can do it that way. Uh, it's kind of double the fun, uh, cuts the cost down a little bit for everybody, and it also cuts the labor down. Both guys walk inside the ropes, and uh, Chris and Russ will go caddy for Ricky and, and, and enjoy something. We have a lot of father-son teams, father-daughter teams that have come uh, come down through the year, grandfather, grandson, grandfather, granddaughter. We've had them all, husband, wife. Uh, so if that's something that you're thinking about, uh, please uh, do that. And, you know, we have a great package. Our, our, our title partner has been Under Armour now for several years, and they're just the best uh, with a package that we give away to all of our caddies as well as that bright yellow bib that you get to keep that's signed uh, and all the pictures that we get for you. Um, this is really a fabulous package. So we, we'd love to make it happen. If there's anyone listening, just give us a call or send us an email and go to caddyforacure.com. Great stuff, Russ. It really is, and I and I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night playing hurt tonight and uh, and coming back on the show. It's uh it's always great getting to spend some time with you, and it's always a privilege, to, you know, to to hear about the great things that Caddy for a Cure is doing, that you and your team are doing. It's fantastic stuff, and uh, kudos to all of you for uh, for the great work you're doing for our our wounded service veterans for for Fanconi anemia and and uh, and uh, you know everybody that gets involved because it's such a wonderful thing. Uh, I wouldn't miss it for anything. Anytime you ask, I'll, I'll always be available. Next time, maybe we can do a repeat of what we did last year, and we'll have our uh, our wounded Green Beret yeah. Uh, yeah, sometime on and let him uh, let him talk about uh, how this has impacted his life. Uh, he actually caddied for Jack Nicholas of all people, wow. and uh, a long time ago uh, we met him, and then uh, we, we got him back in the program again a couple of years ago, and he caddied for Ricky Fowler, and uh, he, he's just an awesome. American patriot, and uh, it's so hard for us because we fall in love with all these guys. Uh, you know, anybody that'll, that we still can't comprehend it of what they've done for our freedoms and our liberties that we so enjoy so mm-hmm. richly. Uh, for for us to be able to sit here and and be able to do something back for them, uh, and it actually has an impact on their life. Oh my goodness! I, I mean, I still pinch myself every day. So we'd love to have him on. Um, I'm not yeah. gonna give out his name, blow the secret, but uh, <laughs> uh, let's have him on next time. Uh, you'll have a, you'll be gracious enough to have us on next summer or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. You let us know when uh, you want to put that together, and uh, that's we had a great time last year doing it. So we will certainly have a great time doing it again this year. So you let me know, Russ, and we'll make that happen. Roger that. You got it. All right, Russ. Take care. Happy New Year to you and your family. I look forward to catching up with you again real soon. Thank you so much, Chris. God bless you. Thanks. All right. Take care, Russ. 
That is uh, the great Russ Holden. Again, Caddy for a Cure. You hear us talking about it every single week here on Next on the T. C-A-D-D-Y-F-O-R-A-C-U-R-E, caddyforacure.com. Go check it out. Uh, they're doing amazing, amazing things, and uh, kudos to Russ for, his, for, uh, for the work he's doing and, uh, like I say, for playing her tonight. So we look forward to catching up with him again real soon. All right, folks, before we close up shop, like we always do here on Next on the Tee, we want to remind you about our friend and PGA Tour Pro Jim Estes and the great work that his organization is doing over at at the Salute Military Golf Association. Let's hear more about it from Jim. The Salute Military Golf Association was created to provide rehabilitative golf experiences to the brave men and women who have been wounded while serving our country. Hi, I'm Jim Estes, PGA Golf Pro and co-founder of the Salute Military Golf Association. With my adaptive golf program, we've successfully helped thousands of soldiers in their recovery, both mentally and physically. The SMGA has been providing family-inclusive golf experiences across the country since 2007. To date, the SMGA has equipped more than 1,000 warriors with properly fitted golf clubs and has extended its clinic series to more than eight chapter and affiliate locations across the U.S., If you are a wounded veteran interested in participating or if you'd like to learn more about the Salute Military Golf Association and find a chapter closest to you, visit our website at smga.org. We've seen firsthand how impactful golf can be in aiding one's recovery. The Salute Military Golf Association, empowering wounded veterans one fairway at a time. Visit smga.org. That's smga.org. Yes, indeed, folks. They are doing amazing things at the Salute Military Golf Association. To find out more information and to see how you can get involved, go online to smga.org. All right, folks, time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Team. My sincere thanks again to Dennis Cohn and Russ Holden for joining me tonight. And I hope you enjoyed listening in to them, sharing their insights and their stories with you. They're fantastic men doing fantastic things. So please uh, you know, go, go online to uh, check out both organizations that they work for and uh, that they're doing great things with. So please find, find them, follow them and do what you can to get involved. Please also give me your thoughts about the show. Go online to our Facebook page, Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, and give me your feedback there. Plus, if you have some questions for one of our future guests, please let me know, and I'll be sure to get it on the show for you. If you have a question for someone who's previously been on the show, we'll get that question answered and get that back to you. You can see who some of our future guests and our previous guests have been by going online to our site, nextonthetee.net. Please also check out our sister show on the football side, Thursday Night Tailgate, with me and my co-host, Bob Lazeri. That show airs live every Thursday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can stream it live on Blog Talk Radio. That show, like this one, also available as a free podcast by going to iHeartRadio or over to our good friends on Podbean as well. On Thursday Night Tailgate, we are joined every week by five NFL legends sharing their stories about their playing days, plus insights into what's going on around the NFL as well. We also highlight two players doing great things in their communities in our Spotlight on the Positive segment. You can find that show online at ThursdayNightTailgate.com. Folks, thank you so much for choosing to listen to this show tonight. We really appreciate it. We know you've got thousands of podcasts and radio shows to listen to. We really appreciate the fact that you are making Next on the T one of them. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends. You've been listening to Next on the T with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA pros and top instructors and media members 
Join us the same time every Tuesday To hear more stories about the game we love From people who love sharing those stories with you It's all about the great game of golf It's all about the great game of golf